0: This episode of At The Bar is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people and we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. I'm Jane Grech and welcome to At The Bar, a podcast about running a dance studio. The highs, the lows and everything in between. As a dance studio owner, business coach, leadership expert, and the founder and author of Dance Step, a dance student teacher education program, my mission is to educate, encourage, and empower all I serve. Each week, I'll share a mixture of solo episodes and interviews, sharing ideas, hopefully making you smile, and reminding you that you are not alone. So, What are we waiting for? Join me at the bar. Welcome back to The Bar. Today, I'm really excited to bring you another amazing interview. This time, it's with Ali Phillips. Now, Ali lives in Canada. She has a dance studio in Brisbane, um, which are things that make you go, hmm. But this conversation was really interesting, and there should, I hope, be lots of other things within it that also make you go, hmm. Ali has a gift at asking questions that might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, um, but are really useful. And um, I can't even summarize this conversation. It goes in all sorts of places. I reckon you'll enjoy it. You might need to listen a couple of times. Now, this episode is brought to you by Dance Step, the leading student teacher education program now is a perfect time to get yourself set up for a student teacher program at your studio and it's super easy head over to www.dancestep.com.au fill in the contact form and we'll send you some information now let's get into this fantastic chat with Ali. Ali Phillips and I have already been having a chat offline but I'm very happy to have pressed the record button and to welcome you at the bar Ali it's good morning to you, for me, but you're coming from Canada. So, what time is it for you? Uh,
1: it is three thirty-nine in the afternoon.
0: Excellent. <laughs> so, so you you are well into the into the afternoon, and I am uh, seven a.m. in the morning, which is um, good. I love mornings. I'm I'm happy to happy to chat. So, Ali, um, I've been following you for a little while on all things social, and. Um, I just, I tell you what I love about you is your energy comes through technology. You know, like we are on opposite sides of the world. Um, I loved you sent me a message. Oh, it was a while ago now, maybe even a couple of months. I love that you chose to send a voice message instead of like text. Even that to me, I was like, oh, see her energy is just coming through. So I want you to know that. Um that you know that carries through all of the cold hard tech is that I can see you're a, you're a, a person with an, a big heart and uh, lots of love. Um, so tell us, not not everybody perhaps does follow you on all of the socials. Tell us a little bit about you.
1: They're loss, first of all. No, just <laughs> I just
0: wanted
1: to say thank you so much for having me. I feel the same way. I when I found your page, equally as grateful to be connected with like-minded leaders and also for to have for me personally to have someone to look up to as well to see the lifestyle to see the business to see the trajectory of uh the work that I want to be doing I didn't really grow up with people who I could see yeah whose lifestyles I wanted to emulate so grateful for you and so glad Mm -hmm. to be here uh okay so yeah my name is Ali I am 30 years old I was born in Brisbane currently living in Toronto Canada and grew up dancing from a very very early age my dance studio was my second home my dance teacher was my favorite person in the entire world and uh naturally very very outspoken very confident child and that Carried through throughout uh, primary school and elementary school in leadership positions and taking on roles at, you know, choreographing and running dance programs and things like that. But what I will say, I'll just skip to the end of high school because it's where my <laughs> career really started. So when I was uh, 17, I used to volunteer at a community centre that my sister actually started, uh, which was a community centre that specialised in people who had disabilities. Mm -hmm. And once a month there was a dance party and I used to go and volunteer. And I didn't have any experience with disability growing up. It wasn't something that I was passionate about. I wanted to dance. And at this dance party once a month, it was this really cool vibe of... Let's just, let's just dance. It wasn't that we were there to help them or to support them. And so when I had graduated university, I got early admission into doing QUT dance, and so I knew that I was going to do dance at university, but my sister asked me if I wanted to start a structured dance class for some of the people that came to this dance party, and so I said yes, and I started a dance company for people with disabilities. When I was 17 years old, I called it Buster Move. And then we added the dance after I realized that, you know, you had to register names and all of those random business things. And (laughs) at 17 years old, I decided to take on this massive responsibility. And I grew up through running a business. Mm. And that's where I developed my love for leadership, my love for teaching. And so jumping, you know, to, to now at 30 years old, I I I'm just really passionate about good teaching. Yeah. It doesn't matter that, it, obviously, I specialize specifically in dance with people who have cognitive and intellectual impairments, but that is not the only thing I do. It just has really informed my ability to show up in my leadership and my teaching. And so now I'm a, a leadership and business coach for other dance studio owners. I train teachers and I still dance. Yes.
0: That- <laughs> yes. And and you um, you still have your studio as well? Yes, I yeah. run it
1: from over here. So I have yeah. it in Brisbane and then I also started it here in Toronto.
0: Yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. I, I love it. And it, it is a journey, isn't it? You know, we're constantly, um, I, I, I love that you started it at 17 as well. I, it just takes so much courage. But I, you know, I did things, my younger self, I'm 42 this year, um, which is awesome, but like it Sorry. just. It gets better. Oh. Yeah, it just gets better. Does, um,
1: it does. I've heard it. I heard it gets. <laughs> I just turned 30 so yeah, oh, I'm, you're I'm on the- for this decade. Yeah, it's happening.
0: <laughs> I said to my dad um when I turned 40 I was like, "Oh, I see what you mean about turning 40 like I'm really just stepping into myself now." like I still care what other people think. Who am I to say that I don't? But I was like, I see what you're saying. He goes, "Girl, wait till you get to 70." And I was like, Oh, oh. yeah, <laughs>
1: that sense of sense of self at 70, like you, you would just be so grounded in that, right?
0: Yeah, he <laughs> he's just living his truth. Let me tell you. Um, but when I go back and I think about some of the things that I did when I was younger, I just had so much courage because I was really naive and I was just like, oh. Like this yeah. is what we do, you know, we just like, and I'm wondering, you know, you, you've you described yourself as, as confident and that is definitely yeah. how you come across. So at 17, was there anything stopping you, you know, or like were you just like, oh, well, this is what we'll do now?
1: Yeah, I think we were talking about it before the podcast in that my natural confidence and outspoken leadership abilities were nurtured. I came yeah. from a family and a community and a school that, cared about me and I and I think that that's important to mention because I think there are people want to have the confidence in 17 but are not for instance for maybe because of privilege or systemic situations or just where they grow up that it's just not possible it's not safe to be as confident as I was and I it was safe it was safe for me to be confident and courageous at 17. So first and foremost, let's just put it out there that I, I was just set up for success yeah. in terms of the in, where I was born. And I took advantage of it, absolutely. Yeah. And therefore, in, in, in the work that I want to do, I want to create more opportunities for people who have those natural leadership, confidence, abilities, but just aren't supported by their communities around them. And mm. so- because I was supported and because these these parts of me were nurtured, it was easier. Mm. Uh, and similar to you, I think the naivety helped. Mm. And because what I did was very new and it's still very niche, but because there wasn't anything like it at the time, Everyone wanted to have an opinion. And so yeah. I had to develop a very, very strong sense of trust at a very early age. My ability to say no, to set boundaries, to honour my yes, to trust myself, uh, I had to develop very quickly.
0: And I think um, on that, like I, I like I mentioned, I follow you on, on socials and we've mentioned our ages, which isn't particularly important except for <laughs> that sometimes I follow you and I'm like, you have a lot of, I feel like you have a lot of wisdom that I wish that I had at 30. Like if I'm, I'm being completely honest with you, I have had a huge amount of personal growth from probably even 33, like between 26 and, or let's say 35, I was so busy nurturing uh, small humans three of them and keeping them alive that it was I had no time to question anything right I was just like I kind of went from being a young adult to a mother and like keeping these people alive and then from 35 I was like oh I've kept them alive good and then I started questioning some things and so some of the stuff you post I'm like oh my god (laughs) yes but I only learned that yesterday (laughs)
1: And that's that comparison piece, because believe me, I, I look at younger than me and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wish that I had that. You know, even like yeah. just something silly like, oh, they were on Instagram earlier, so they know <laughs> how to manage Instagram. And I'm like, Try- yeah. I feel like I'm, you know, yeah. free of, like a dinosaur trying to figure it out. And I, you know, thank you for that. Thank <laughs> you. I it, it sounds like a lifestyle choice. Like I moved overseas, that was a mm-hmm. conscious choice because I wanted to. I wanted to be able to pursue what I wanted to pursue. Mm. Uh, and I acknowledge you for choosing kids at that age because there will be a point where I will have to make choices mm-hmm. in my business, in my life, and I because I do want a family. Yeah, uh, but I don't think like I think it's that divine timing.
0: Yeah. Oh, know? absolutely. Like, yeah. You know? No, I'm and with I you.
1: Think- yep. And there's I'm, a- I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I have the knowledge. I'm investing in the work. Yes. Uh, and I'm taking advantage of it. I'm grateful. I'm
0: just going to pull you up on the work there. So we're both Brene Brown fans. Um, oh, the work. Oh ah uh, the work she's she's always talking about doing the work i've got a girlfriend and i who who are similar we're always talking about well you know we we're, we're doing the work and do you want to describe in your terms what what we mean like if we're saying oh we're doing the work what that means yeah. to you
1: for me uh, it means being curious about my choices it just is asking why so if i if i'm not happy for instance, I wake up and I'm kind of grumpy. The work for me is asking why. Yeah. Like, wh- what's going on? That's all it is. For me, it's being curious. It's not bypassing and it's not numbing and it's not just uh, bulldozing through. It's actually being consciously curious mm. about. And then, and then the work is so then you ask yourself why. And then maybe you do some research via a book or you ask for help or you look into therapy or you have a conversation with girlfriends. I think that's what it means for me. Mm,
0: Yeah, no, I love that. For me, it's about looking into areas of my life, like corners. It's like about looking into the corners. So actually, it's kind of similar. Um, I'm just not describing as well. So... If something's going on for me, I I will see, like perhaps in the past, I will see the main thing, you know, like Mm -hmm. if I'm in a conflict with someone, I will just see that conflict, whereas now I try and look into the corners. Um, Yeah, I love that. Yeah, like what's what's in the shadows. I guess yeah, it really is about asking the questions like what's behind this? Yeah. Why why am I upset about this? Is this is this a conflict that should be upsetting or is this just a really healthy conflict where we're allowed to disagree? Why do yeah. I have to feel right about this? Why do I have to win that or whatever? So yeah, probably yeah. very very similar. Now, it it leads me into a couple of words um here that Um, I wanted to bring up about awareness acceptance and taking responsibility all which come Mm -hmm. up through your content a lot um and that being I guess part of your work as helping leaders do you want to just riff on that for a little bit
1: yes um can I mention the embodied leadership?
0: Yeah, I was going. I was going to okay. get there, but you can get there faster.
1: Yeah, because I feel like I can't talk about one without the other. Let's do and it. So, yeah, I definitely have really embodied this uh, this identity, or even just taken on a bit of a title of being an embodied leader. And and what that means for me is everything we've just spoken about. It yeah. is. It is. This this quote from Brene Brown is who we are is how we lead. And for my dance teachers out there, it's who we are is how we teach. Yes. That's that in a nutshell is like what embodied leadership or embodied teaching is. I use them interchangeably, whether I'm talking to yes. studios or teachers. It's just the it's the it's the process of taking your whole self where you yeah. go. Yes. And not compartmentalizing. And that is the work. It's 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 not. It's, it's bringing the shadow parts to work mm. as well. It's being in the mess while we lead. Yeah. It's being a real human being and not deciding to cut off certain parts of ourselves for fear of being rejected or because mm, they're not going to be accepted, which is kind of the same thing. And so when we look at acceptance, what was the other word? Awareness and responsibility. Mm. These terms come out of books and leaders that I love. I really love this the book 15 uh, the 15 commitments of conscious leadership, which has this very simple framework for conscious leadership, which I do think can be interchanged with embodied, which yeah. is are you, living, are you living above the line or yeah. are you living below the line? and if you are below the line, you are closed mm. you are. you've you've stopped the flow of learning and if you are above the line, you are open, curious and committed to learning. And so then this ties straight back into the work, which is when you are in blaming, in a blaming mindset, if you are blaming yourself, others or someone else, then you are below the line and all you get to do is ask yourself why Mm. and that shoots you straight up to being above the line because now you're curious, open and committed to learning, and that is being responsible, radically responsible. Radically
0: responsible. But I tell you why I think I didn't do that. I can't talk for other people. I was going, I reframed what I was about to say then. I was going to say, I'm going to tell you why people don't do that. Who am I to talk about people? No, right. I do
1: that too. It's <laughs> such a, I, I really get to watch myself. With yeah,
0: too. it's just, a, it's a it's when we get into teacher mode, I think. Um, I'll tell you why I don't do that sometimes. And I, I wrote when you were talking, I wrote fear and I circled it. That's the big one. It's like, what's actually in the shadows? Will I like what I see? Like, you know, I say out loud, I don't care what people think of me, but that's that's dishonest, Ali. I do. I would much prefer them to like me. I'm getting, I've already touched on, the older I get, I'm getting more comfortable with people not liking me. I have full awareness that I don't like everybody I meet uh, and that that comes back at me. But if I'm really digging deep into those dark corners, I would prefer it if they did. And so sometimes if I'm below the line, if we're going to use that language, what's stopping me from becoming above the line is, is actually fear. It's it's I'm scared of what I might find. And that work is confronting. Sometimes we don't like what we see or, or why. And, you know, often lots of us have stories and baggage that have got us put things in those corners and we don't want it's too much to take it out. Um, but over time you know you can take a little bit out um sorry that got kind of um, a little bit so deep
1: there so I so appreciate it and if I was to translate it into uh, or give an example of um, like t- translate it into a teacher a dance teacher context yeah is that. I made a video on low class numbers. For instance, I know so many teachers that they come into class and they only have two or three students. And what happens is in that moment, they go Mm. into blame. They Mm. drop below the line and they blame. It could be they could blame themselves. They're not good enough. They blame the studio for not advertising. They blame other people for not coming back. They blame the weather because that's why people aren't And so as soon as what what tends to happen is, is when we don't, when the world is not going the way we think it's going to and we are at the effect of the world, we're in victim consciousness. And so for dance teachers out there who use the context of low class numbers or that parents aren't coming back or student retention is low or you've got student or you've got teachers that cancel last minute, Any, any, any example of all dance, that all dance studio owners know, just catch yourself. What are you blaming? Who are you blaming? Mm -hmm. And have that be the awareness that you've dropped below the line and you're now in victim consciousness. And what would it mean to take radical responsibility over your leadership and just ask why? What's the Mm -hmm. lesson? what's the lesson in this for you? As soon as you're curious, you are now above the line, open, committed to learning. And so this is the work that I do with my clients and the teachers is that we are not at the effect of, we are contributing with the world and with the universe. um, And we get to, mm, we can move from this is happening to me to this is happening for me. And that's just, to live in that space, first of all, is so much more enjoyable, first of mm. all, when you really move through through those that blame, because blame is fear. The reason why we blame is because we're we're fearful. So when yes. we move through yes. that and we push through that and we get over that hump, the other side is personal freedom. Yeah. That's what it
0: is. Yeah. And so personal freedom, um, you know, your your mission is to help dance studio owners and teachers increase income and impact. Income and Mm -hmm. impact. I love that because it equals personal freedom. Talk to me about that, about Mm -hmm. that kind of mission.
1: First of all, I wish Instagram had a paragraph for a bio. Oh, I know. Everything in. So uh, it's hard to come up with. And apparently, you know, apparently the rules of Instagram is that you have to have a bio that like catches people's attention. So, oh, I know. I know. There's so
0: many rules.
1: (laughs) Pretty much, though, is, you know, I grew up with the, with the, rhetoric of like oh the dance as a dancer you're not going to make any money oh yes. and you're in disability oh you're going to be oh dance and disability when needles. Have-
0: mm. Honestly,
1: yeah. right and uh and i'm assuming because people are listening to your podcast that they know that that's not true and i just also want to reiterate that uh mm, it's just it, money is is infinite
0: and mm, so, I yes. want dance
1: studio owners to know that they can live the lifestyle they want, with the financial abundance that they know that they want and deserve. And then, with those two things, money as much as mm, money creates opportunities. Yes, it does. Let's just like, call it a day. like, and so, if you want to, I, I talk to owners all the time. Like, how much impact do you want to have? And they'll give me this crazy, ambitious number. And then I'll say, okay, so how much money do you, does that, would you, do you want to be making? And they mm. give me some tiny, minuscule mm. amount. It's like the math doesn't add up. Like yeah. If you want to have that much impact, then you get to make this much money. Yeah. And so we get to have both of those and we get yeah. to learn how to dig deep into money energetics and money stories, reclaiming and reprogramming our money blueprint. Yeah. And so the personal freedom part is choice. Yes. Being able to choose and say yes and or say no from an embodied place based on what feels right for you, but not in a woo woo way, because obviously we're not spiritually bypassing. Just in a way that's like, no, this is aligned with my values. This is what I feel like. I what I want to do, and I have the means to do it Mm. because I've done the work to decondition the money stories. Yeah, yeah, it's all kind of intertwined.
0: I want to just touch on money stories and share a little bit um, for the listeners about mine in that, you know, how I said, oh, like there was so much work that I've done kind of from 35 years onwards. And this is the biggest piece is about my, the stories I told myself about money, Um, you know, and there is, there is kind of a culture of martyrdom amongst artists, but I don't work with artists. I work mostly with dance studio owners about that it's not okay to make money from what you love like there's almost like this thing um I'm I can't articulate it brilliantly and it might just be my money story you know like
1: I think you did
0: yeah but I have really come to the place where without money there's no mission right I you you said it so well like if you want a then you're going to need b and these two go together and not only that but i i do serve my community i do run a great studio i do offer good coaching and i deserve to be valued for that time like there is value in what i do um yeah so that's just something you know i'm i'm Happy to kind of leave that there, but I would really love people who are listening just to ask themselves some questions, since that's kind of the theme of this podcast, about their money stories, about like what they've been told to believe, because that's that's actually the thing, right? We, we're often told what to believe about money and we never ask the question, well, what do I believe about this?
1: Of this. And then just to add on a little point, the Ooh. flip side of that for me is that because I'm charging the prices, I want to give everything in the kitchen sink. <laughs> and, it's how, and it's how can you, like, we can't put a price on our value, yet yeah. we try to. We do. So what would it mean to, uh, to price your product knowing that that's what feels good for you to price it at and know that you don't have to overcompensate for it. Cause it's yes. like being able to charge like, Oh my gosh, like I have to work. And then it's, there's so many money stories, my money story. Uh, oh gosh. I have so many. <laughs> Me too. <One> is yes, <laughs> that yes, that you have to just work, 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 work to make even a tiny, tiny bit mm-hmm. um, or, and or that money doesn't grow on trees. Heard that massively. Yes. Um, you know, other people heard, Things like, for instance, for people that don't know what an example of a money story is, things like save your money for a rainy day. You know that yeah. one's a big one for a lot of people. So they hoard money. Horde, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so there are just so many. My challenge right now, charging the prices that I'm charging it's not feeling like I need to give my entire soul over. Yes. That's what, I, that's what I'm personally working through and knowing that I'm enough yes. and that my experience up until this point gives me the validity to, to not only charge this but to be worthy of giving advice and coaching to other people and knowing that I don't need to give, literally sacrifice oh. my entire life.
0: Correct, correct. Correct. Um, Yeah. And what that looks like for, um, we're going to come back to dance teaching in a moment with your course, but what that looks like for dance studio owners is often the guilt that they're not at the studio all of the time. I hear this all of the time, like, oh, I feel, you know, when I'm at home, I feel like I should be at the studio. When I'm at the studio, I feel like I should be at home. And a lot of that's got to do with, well, like I'm I'm at home with my kids, but my studio's over there running and it's making me money. And I should be, I should be sacrificing everything for this. I should be there 24-7. It shouldn't be this easy. I shouldn't be here having spaghetti bolognese with my three-year-old or whatever well, it
1: is. I mean, you guys all need to talk to me because I left my business in Australia. You I'm did. <laughs> this is the biggest piece of it, one of the biggest pieces of advice I could give. To the like to the to the longevity and the sustainability and scal- scalability of a business yeah. is leave, it. leave detach from it yeah. detach from yeah. it go take a holiday because you are going to get way more inspired to come back yeah. you need you need time away from your business yeah. I moved countries and my business yeah. runs beautifully there's and you know what it is this is it it allows the community to take ownership over it yeah. so that you're not there hovering, hovering and people don't feel like they can breathe. Yeah, right? my teachers and my community in Brisbane have taken full ownership over my business. I'm saying this in, 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 yes. in conversations. quotations, and oh, now that the now that the community's taken ownership, it's never going to leave. No, that's key to sustainability, and yeah. I'm not even there. You're not there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Having having my babies. Jeez. My three babies was the best thing for my business because I really wanted to be present at home, and so it was absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to go and have a fourth, you know, to boost my business. Oh my goodness, I've learned my lessons. Oh no, uh, 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 uh. I'll
1: remember that when I'm when I have three kids
0: yeah. and I'm thinking about a fourth. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, I learned so much about like I. Just let, let it leave leave them to it. Hey, let's talk about your teaching course. It's a 10-week course. Um, talk to me about perhaps uh, if I, you know, signed up one of my teachers or I signed up, what, what kind of things I'd learn.
1: Perfect. So the 10-week teacher training is unique in that it is not genre-specific or syllabus-specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what that means is it's for any teacher or any person that facilitates a space uh with other people listening so yes it could be for dance teachers and it also could be for pilates instructors yoga instructors sporting instructors drama teachers art teachers uh uh, school teachers because it is actually going into uh creating your own unique teaching philosophy and Mm. what that means is getting really clear on what makes you the the kind of teacher that you are, kind of going back to that quote of who we are is how we teach. And so we go through goal setting is, uh, we, we we obviously start with goal setting, um, not tied down to goal setting, but at least having a bit of direction about where we want to go. We then move into getting really clear on values, being able to articulate what our values are, how they're defined, what they look like, what they don't look like. And that is necessary for another module a little bit later. We then go into bias, getting really clear on our positionality and, and you know, what are the types of students that we don't have in our classrooms? What kind of students maybe scare us a little bit what did we grow up with that maybe we're a little bit judgmental around what is our language all that kind of thing that leads to more accessibility we then go into feedback giving and receiving and this is where the values come in as well being able to give feedback from a place of real grounded confidence asking for what we want activating our voice and then also receiving feedback Uh, and what Brene Brown says being able to receive feedback regardless of how it's being delivered to us so not caving. also I, po- I posted a video a little on instagram this week about like how we don't how we- avoiding self-betrayal or even uh when we receive feedback mm. sometimes we receive feedback and then we just like lose who we are so mm. how we can actually stay grounded and then our- we finish the first five weeks with a why discovery so getting really clear on our purpose now impact and our contribution first of all none of those things are <laughs> dance related or specific. Yeah. This human, human things. It is personal mm. and professional development for teachers. Mm. So it's just so important. It's so it's the it's the foundation of being able to step into a room and be a leader.
0: Yeah. The it second
1: is. five weeks are more uh of the movement specific so it's creating lesson plans we were pretty much handed down our lesson plans Mm -hmm. there is no intentionality there at all um there is no mindfulness around it uh you get to create your own lesson plans Ask yourself why you actually stick to the structure that you've been sticking to. Is it working for you? Is it not working for you? So you come out with a really strong lesson structure. We then work into, we go into behavior management. So this looks like embodied leadership. This is setting expectations. It's uh, holding sacred space. It's creating safety. It's being able to manage students, but then also encourage students, finding that fine line between like teacher and friend um, and also getting curious about how you were brought up and whether or not you are unconsciously projecting your own childhood dance experiences onto your students. Yeah. That one's very, very important. I just had a culture, I had a consultancy, a consulting workshop with a studio yesterday and that's what we spoke about is that like, you know, this new wave of teachers don't want to perpetuate perfectionism yet they can't make mistakes in front of their students and therefore you're perpetuating perfectionism (laughs) you you can't you have to be perfect in your class Mm. yep moving into uh class energy having fun creating like actual vibes and enjoyment yeah then we go into like movement so this is probably the It's not necessarily dance-specific because how you teach a squat versus how you teach a plie, it's Mm. about translating movement. How do you teach someone with elderly? How do you teach someone in a wheelchair? Not only of different abilities, but then how do you teach someone who has uh, trauma around or or even like a disassociation with their body? Body. How do you actually translate movement Mm. and create choreography? And uh, then we go into celebration and appreciation and mm-hmm. just, like, what is it that you love about teaching and, and what makes you an amazing, unique teacher? And uh, I'm just, this program is so unique. I'm so, so proud of it. Like, yeah. so it is my life up until this work. point. My yeah, life's work. I wish every teacher in the entire world could do it.
0: Yeah, yeah there is value there I wish my teachers um could take the time sometimes to remember and I think this is what your course would do to remember like going back to that impact you know it's we can get so busy this is going to sound like excuses but we can get so busy and we get very much into the kind of like open the studio door teach the class close the studio door go you know walk the dog whatever it is like it's like just a thing we're just doing They're this going,
1: thing yep. yeah yeah
0: yeah um which is so dangerous like to fall into that space so this creates an opportunity for teachers to just stop like get off that treadmill from
1: yeah
0: yeah and just look at going to maybe some corners and ask the questions Um, And I think it it sounds to me like it would be as valuable for a teacher who is just kind of coming into the, the job, as well as for someone like me, who's been teaching for 25 years, who might need to start questioning, like, you know, I was very good at questioning things to begin with, but, you know, Why am I still doing that? Because before it was like, why am I doing this? Is it because my teacher did it? Whereas now I've very much got my own style. Why am I still doing that? Is this serving my students? Is this serving me? So I think it could work on both ends of the spectrum there. It sounds fascinating. Um, To sign up to your course, what do we do?
1: Instagram is the best place to find me. So yeah. send me a DM. We get on a discovery call. That's yeah. where we discuss logistics, pricing, yeah. uh, just commitment, things like that. So send me a message on Instagram. My website is under construction, so it's not yeah. the best place. Okay. But Instagram is just a one-stop shop. Yeah, uh, Yeah. so we get on a call. We we see if it's going to be the right fit because yeah. it is. It, it You have to be ready to do the work. Yeah. That's the thing. If you if it's not a half in half out kind of thing, it's like yeah. full commitment. Let's go uh, because you're a part of a community. Yeah. So so we get to we get to work together. So
0: yeah.
1: Instagram yes. message and then discovery call and then sign up.
0: I love that. So um, that was fantastic. I mean, we we won't, but we could. I could go into so many more dark corners with you. <laughs> Sounds very risque. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why not? My, my husband would be like, "Oh, Jane, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um,
1: twenty-two and all boundaries."
0: <laughs> I'm just finding myself in the dark, dark corners with women. <laughs> um, you know, look, yeah, the future is unknown at this point. Um, yeah, so I, you know, there's so many other places we, we could have gone with that, but I think that's probably enough to get people. I think my goal in this podcast was to tap into your ability to get people to ask questions. Um, I think you're really great. It's a gift that you've got. Um, we don't always like having. Mm-hmm. Uh, being confronted in the way that that you can do it, like I I want people to follow your Instagram because I love the questions that you ask. They make me sometimes stop and go. um Actually, sometimes they make me stop and go. Hmm. blah blah blah, blah and like become like almost yeah. attacking, like oh you 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 want to know why I do this? And then I go ah. I see what I see what's happening here and so I really love it it's a it's something that I, I think we should all do more of um, so I'm begging my listeners to go and follow you and see those questions come up and and not not feel attacked but just be curious like you yeah. say I, I think that's the the main thing I've taken away is be curious yeah. about why be- this yeah.
1: I think even what we spoke about before the podcast is some of those questions can be confronting and, and I appreciate the opportunity to just be myself on this podcast. So they can Mm. kind of put a voice and a story behind the post that can be confronting and intimidating. Mm. And so it gets to be my challenge also to be able to share more of my stories on my page and to be relatable uh, because I certainly don't know everything. I have a voice and yeah. I know that I'm going to share it and yeah. I get to find that beautiful balance between like, I'm in the trenches with yeah. you all. I'm yeah. here. It's hard. Doing the work.
0: Doing the yeah, work.
1: Doing the work and it's it's frustrating. <laughs> oh, uh, and so we're, yes. I'm, I'm with you. I'm here love with it. you
0: as well. Mm, yeah, no, I love it. Look, it's been so valuable. So valuable. I, I, I think I, I can't remember if I described you like this at the beginning of the podcast or just when we were chatting, but I, I feel like you have a whole bundle of wisdom with this side serve of sass. And I love that. I just, I love it. Um, like it. So, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing. And, um, you know, I do hope that people listen to this and go and ask themselves some of the questions we've asked and some more, and that that's been a really helpful time for them. Thanks again, Ali. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I Obviously, love to chat, and I really enjoyed chatting with Ali because um, she, you know, she took the conversation in places that perhaps we wouldn't normally go at the bar. Maybe it might take a couple of champagnes to get there, <laughs> um, and but I promise you, we hadn't been drinking. Certainly not. I. It was six thirty in the morning when I recorded that little one. So um, yeah, I hope it's given you a lot to think about. Something else I'd love you to think about is the benefits of having a student-teacher education program in your studio this year, and I'd love you to think about uh, letting me help you. I'm the founder and author of Dance Step, the leading dance student-teacher education program for dance studios, and I want to remind you it's not too late to implement a program for 2022. In fact, you can start this kind of program any time throughout the year. So if you want something that's pretty well plug-in and play and easy to get underway, then come on over to the website at dancestep.com.au and uh, we can go from there. I'd love to chat some more. Thanks for joining me at The Bar. To find out more about past episodes or how I can help you grow your own leadership, or train student teachers, head to dancestep.com.au. Great leaders create leaders, and I'm here to help you be and do both. And please remember to rate and review me on your podcast player of choice. See you next time at the bar.